Herr West! Herr West! Herauskommen! The dosage was too large. You killed him. No, I did not. I gave him life. Oh, you want to play psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! I am the eater of wolves and of children. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another terrifyingly undead edition of the greatest, greatest October in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 196, Reanimator. Always fun when we have neon glowing green ooze in the mix, heavily featured in the story. Reanimator to me is the idealized version of the Friday night rental from the yeah. video store with your buddies. You bring it home, none of you have seen it. You're all going to be satisfied with <laughs> it's Reanimator. Got something for all the buddies. <laughs> if you want to see a guy holding his own decapitated head, which has <laughs> somehow been reanimated <laughs> in between the legs of a nude woman who's tied down in a morgue. Yeah. then this is the movie for you. Yeah, and I mean, this was my first time seeing the movie. I, there was a, a part of me that was in doubt. I, I felt like maybe a friend had made me watch this before, but wasn't the case once we got into it. But it, I, I do know of it, obviously, to be one of the more famous B-horror movies. So before we jump into Reanimator, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. And subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for coming along on this extended Halloween two months long. That's right. It's a dark journey, but, you know, we're going to trudge through. The ups and downs. The ups and downs of A Greatest October. (laughs) We bring you 
huge movies like Scream and The Exorcist. Now this one probably less people have seen, although I, I would recommend it for people who haven't seen it. You can stream it for free yeah. on Tubi. That's right. Which and it's a couple other places out there. Yeah, which I did for my second viewing after we watched the uh, Blu-ray together. Yeah, the Arrow Blu-ray is a great purchase. It's a fun movie. I'm a fan of these Lovecraft adaptations. Stuart Gordon did a lot of them. And then sort of like, I don't know, some of his cohorts, like Brian Usna or however you say his name, they did Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, Castle Freak. Yeah. Dagon um, or Dajon <laughs> or I don't know how to say it, but just look at is it um Jeffrey Combs, is that the actor's name? Who plays Herbert West? Yeah. yeah. Just look at his Wikipedia and you can find some fun movie titles sprinkled throughout <laughs> there. Reanimator came out in nineteen eighty five. We are rapidly approaching the thirty fifth anniversary, which would be on October eighteenth. Directed by Stuart Gordon, screenplay by Gordon, Dennis Paoli, and William J. Norris, based okay. on Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. It was like a serialized short story that appeared in some horror sci-fi magazines in the early 20s. Took uh, multiple writers to adapt, so always a good sign. I think originally Gordon wanted to do it as a play and then was maybe going to do it as like a TV show. And then it kind of feels like both people were like, don't go down that road. They don't do horror TV shows. You got to do it as like a cheap movie. They ended up making this movie for about 900,000. It went on to gross over 2 million. So it was a reasonable hit. It's reached cult classic status now. I don't know. There is something about it that feels somewhat more legitimate than a lot of it's fellow b-horror movies to me i don't know what it I is i think it's just well made yeah that, the acting is reasonably good there's no like noticeably terrible acting and there's a sort yeah. of professionalism and the That's practical true. effects yeah. are good yeah yeah it received mostly positive reviews you would be shocked i think it has like you know 59 or 60 reviews on rotten tomatoes and has like a 93 percent oh wow yeah, it is mostly watchable and enjoyable, entertaining, certainly gross. Creative gore. Yeah. <laughs> it did get an X rating originally, and so then they made what was basically an R-rated video store version, which is actually 20 minutes longer, and it contains like more plot elements. Okay, yeah. And then in 2013, I think some German blu-ray company put together what's called the integral cut which has all of those added scenes in the longer version but then also has all the gore and shit that was cut out yeah so it's like a combo version that's not what we watched though no we are sticking with the original 82 minute version the x-rated cut or it's not really x-rated it's it's just unrated because they just i think chose to go unrated instead okay one of the things that you pointed out when we watched it was Richard Band's score. Oh, yeah. Which well, has intentional similarities to Bernard Herrmann's famous score for Psycho. Yeah, which I had watched like two days before this. Not for the first time, but I was just watching, you know, I recommended that Alfred Hitchcock box set. And I had just watched Psycho two days before we put this on. You have this opening scene and then it kind of launches into this kind of cool credit sequence with this music just pumping yeah 
and yeah, I mean, it's it almost seems like just straight up replicated with <laughs> different instruments. The tempo of it is very similar. Now, we were going to do Reanimator on the show a couple of Greatest Octobers ago. Can't remember. Maybe it was 2018. Okay, yeah. Can't remember what year that was. I somewhat remember that. I somewhat remember it being Whatever on the Whatever year that we, we did Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's right, and we, yeah. I, I started doing notes for it, and I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is like very similar yeah. to Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I feel like it would be too redundant. Watching it now, story-wise, it is very similar. It hits yes. some of the same points. Kind of builds to the same ending. Yeah. There's a cat involved. There's people being brought back to life from the dead. But ultimately, I do think that Pet Cemetery is like a much heavier movie and it deals with very serious things about secrets and choices and the consequences of those yeah. things in your life. And it's much more about grief and it takes death very seriously. <laughs> Whereas this is a horror death comedy seems, for uh, sure. more fun in Reanimator. Yeah, this is supposed to be funny and goofy. Right. It's not very serious. Although the ending is kind of dark in a way. I, I, yeah, I'd say so. I think the whole thing with her dad is pretty dark, too. We'll, we'll get to that, but I, I was just... Yeah, you know. it is kind of, but also you're supposed to laugh at it. Okay. Because fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the great things about Reanimator and one of the things that is just like, I'm watching this movie, I'm loving it, I'm feeling like this is what movies should be like, and that all boils down to Barbara Crampton in the role of Megan just perfect oh yeah right <laughs> the 80s babe who just is willing to get nude in almost every movie she's in yeah she's yeah. a legend an admirable quality i would say we know her from fraternity vacation which is like <laughs> an even more obscure spring break type movie that i made you watch that's right yeah where she gets nude in that but she's also in body double the De palma movie she's in you're next and lords of salem more recently we're we are still here i think yeah she's a she's what they would refer to as a scream queen right oh yeah she's been in tons of horror movies starting in the 80s up through modern times she still looks incredible yeah i, I definitely i don't know how to say this in any different way other than super cute you know yeah just a total smoke show but in a way that you just sort of fall in love with uh, Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I don't know how to put this any more... Words cannot express, I would yeah. say. <laughs> any more pathetic than we already are. <laughs> so the movie opens at the University of Zurich Institute of Medicine in Switzerland. We meet Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs. I have some questions about Herbert West. Like, the character itself and how you're supposed to feel about him. Is he a, I mean, I know I, Dan is definitely like our hero of the story, but is Herbert West a guy you're supposed to root for? I, I it kind of I feels like, unclear. Well, based on the original screenplay, I don't know what they were thinking, but after the performance and then the reviews came in, I think he became like the the focal point, like yeah. the, the face of the franchise, if you will. He does and a people lot of like his funny yeah comebacks and like his demeanor and everything well, he is funny and entertaining but i just it's there some things that he does seems for lack of a better word bad and other things seem on the side of our hero dan yeah well he's got this like beady-eyed intensity and he's all about this quest for 
science and this pursuit of conquering death, which is what his whole goal turns out to be. Yeah. And right away, he's bringing his professor, Dr. Hans Gruber, back from the dead. <laughs> and we don't really get That's quite a commotion the in this story. opening scene. He's like breaking into this office or whatever, right? Well, no, they're breaking in oh, yeah, because yeah, they right. hear yeah. the commotion. They're fu- they come across it, and it turns out that Wes says that he gave him a dosage too large, but we don't know what he's talking about, and obviously the people coming across the scene don't know what he's talking about. Gruber is bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> There's like something rupturing in his head. It's completely disgusting. Yeah, which if you're Herbert West, you almost might want to reconsider your whole goal. It feels like this is not something that I would want to try again. Yeah, but he was dead though before. So yeah, he I... did he did something that had never been done. Well, he brought true. somebody back from the yeah. dead. I think he's pushing forward. I think it would have been like the horror though. I don't think this is, you know, well, maybe it was an I overdose. I shouldn't dabble in this. Gruber dies again. And when West is accused of killing him, he counters with, no, I gave him life. And then we launch into the opening credits. Yeah, like I said, though, just music blasting. Love it. The film itself at this point moves to the fictional Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, which is also fictional. These are Lovecraft creations. They would appear in some of his Cthulhu stories and whatnot. But I think... Miskatonic University first appeared in the Herbert West thing, as far as I know. It's supposed to be like a very good school in the New England area, comparable to Harvard. So that kind of puts you in the mindset of like the type of people that would be there. Dan Kane, played by Bruce Abbott, is a med student training to be a doctor. And one of the first things we learn about Dan is that he seems unable to cope with death or accept death and he wants to keep trying to revive patients that have died yeah it does feel like maybe this isn't the right profession for dan i think they just want to tie in his obsession with what the movie is going to be about okay and make you sort of see the connection there i'm seeing it that lady is like a good doctor knows when to stop yeah right (laughs) this lady pops up a couple of times she's just obsessed with not reviving people (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be like if i was a doctor (laughs) just giving up you come in for like a broken ankle and she's just like he's dead yeah (laughs) give up bag and tag this piece of shit west arrives on campus and is immediately at odds with dr carl hill the university's eminent brain researcher and as dean halsey puts it grant machine quote unquote so dr Hill is like the big man on campus. He's like the main doctor. Yeah, he's got a, a little bit of a, a swagger to him for an old man. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it mildly, really. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to scare you. Oh, it wasn't too bad, Dean Halsey. I just didn't know anybody was here. <laughs> you mean anybody else? Dan, this is Herbert West. He'll be joining you in your third year. He was doing independent research in Switzerland with Dr. Gruber shortly before he died. Oh. Mr. West, this is Daniel Kane. One of Miskatonic Medical's best young hopes for the future of medicine. What were you researching? Death. Oh, Alan, we don't see you around here much anymore. Well, I was just showing our newest student, Herbert West, here, the not-so-grand tour. This should interest you, Carl. He worked with Hans Gruber. Uh, Mr. West, Mm. this is our eminent brain researcher and grant machine, Dr. Carl Hill. I know your work, Dr. Hill. Quite well. 
Your theory on the location of the will and the brain is interesting. Though derivative of Dr. Gruber's research in the early 70s. So derivative, in fact, that in Europe it's considered plagiarized. And your support of the 12-minute limit on the life of the brainstem after death. Six to 12 minutes, Mr. Uh... West. Herbert West. Frankly, Dr. Uh, Hill, your work on brain death is outdated. <clears throat> uh, Carl, while I remember, uh, we were having a grant committee meeting Thursday. Megan and I would love it if you came to dinner. Well, I'd love to, Alan. Looking forward to it. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in class, Mr. West. West knows that Hill is a bit of a fraud and has plagiarized work from his previous professor, Dr. Gruber, in the past. Yeah, his mentor. West also disagrees vehemently with Hill's opinions on brain death and the conclusions that he's reached. Yeah, he's almost having like a, a religious reaction to it, to how much he disagrees. Very visceral. Yeah, almost right away you start to wonder like what is the point of West coming to this school in the <laughs> yeah, first like, place? Is it just to fight with this guy? That's what it really feels like. Yeah, or is it just to have access to corpses <laughs> and to like continue this experimenting? I mean, he he's... he's kind of just an ass during these sessions where Dr. Hill is trying to teach these young medical students whatever he does, you know, ripping people's brains out, which is disgusting. <laughs> but during that whole sequence, Herbert is just snapping pencils and... Yeah, they have this clash in a classroom setting, and West is disagreeing with the assertion that brain death occurs 6 to 12 minutes after bodily functions cease, meaning, like, you can't be revived after a certain amount of time because you have, like, irreversible brain death. And he's like, how dare you spread this filth to these students? Why would you close their minds before they've even <laughs> begun to learn? It's like, well, if this is the kind of stuff he's saying... It's like, why is he there? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he needs to be in the same classes as Dan. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like he already knows a lot more. <laughs> he created a reagent to bring people back from the dead. It is true. Yeah, it, it does feel like he's, I don't want to say out of his depth. Yeah, beyond his depth here. Dan, though, is sort of your average everyday American guy. He's looking for a roommate. He's a third-year med student with a bright future. And it just so happens that he's engaged to Dean Halsey's daughter, Megan, played by the aforementioned Smoke Show, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, I love that Like r the first time we meet her is at the bulletin board in the school. They start kissing, and it just cuts to him like plowing away in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the, a nude scene right at the top. That's right. And you're just yeah. like, all right, my interest is peaked. I'm in. That's true. <laughs> And we've got a nice sex scene and a giant Talking Heads poster on the wall. This is my kind of movie. They're just like terrified to make movies like this now where you can just have fun nudity because now like nudity is like a whole thing. It's very politicized. It's all about like Me Too and whatnot. Even though an actress like Barbara Crampton seemed completely at peace with it, yeah. comfortable with it, did it frequently, posed in magazines nude. The word gratuitous wasn't even in people's minds at this point. It was just the way things were. Yeah. <laughs> and not every movie needs it, but movies like this should have it. <laughs> Sorry. It makes it more fun. Yeah, it would feel like it's missing a little something without that. Part of the storyline is 
that Megan's father, Dr. Halsey or Dean Halsey, is very protective of her in a way that is borderline bizarre. And even in 85, I would feel like probably felt strange. But now yeah. in 2020, it's almost unfathomable. I mean, we talk about it a lot, this type of thing in movies and it's a portrayal. But it is always weird when the character seems so old. He seems like a grandfather. He kind of seems like he could be her grandfather even. <laughs> But, I mean, she looks like she's in her mid-twenties. Easily, and, yeah. Yeah, right. It just seems like everyone's... We're all adults here, people. Well, I feel like in order to get into med school, don't you have to go to, like, four years of regular college first? So, wouldn't they be minimum, like, 24, right. probably? Yeah, I mean... I think Barbara Crampton was, like, 26 or 27 when they filmed this. So, she's running yeah. around this movie calling him daddy and if stuff. If Dean Halsey <laughs> thinks that his daughter hasn't messed around a little taking that ferrari out of the garage for a test spin (laughs) yeah i mean i think he's he's up for a shocking revelation yeah it's not a major major plot point of this movie in fact you know with a couple of easy strokes you probably could have written around it without even having it as like an element of the plot but it is there and it is weird and she does call him daddy the whole time (laughs) in front of anybody yeah (laughs) i don't know i think there should be a cutoff where that's appropriate like 12 yeah i do agree with that i do think once you're a teenager well into adulthood it's <laughs> yeah she's not even in high school it's like she's not even college she's like that's in right. med school or something i don't know her role in this is kind of never explained it seems like she's a student there too but because she is studying yeah. with dan all the time free tuition i don't know west arrives at dan's house to rent a room meg seems suspicious but dan takes the cash i was kind of wondering what was going on with this house is this dan's house seems like a house he's renting okay so he's like subletting one room probably something like that it seems like it doesn't really matter dan is overextending himself though (laughs) he's trying to impress meg it's like i gotta yeah that that is it he was like i gotta fuck pad i gotta rent this three-bedroom house with a basement for my (laughs) you know college experience and then he's like all right (laughs) i gotta rent one of these rooms out well this plays into the breezy nature of these type of movies it's like what do we need an explanation what what does it matter we need we need to just get to the point which is like people (laughs) being brought to back to life from the dead heads being cut off gratuitous nudity you know fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) dr hill is not only a pompous blowhard but he's also a lecherous creep because he's infatuated with meg stares at her that entire scene where he's having dinner about it yeah yeah that scene's hilarious if you watch just dr hill while like (laughs) dean halsey and megan are talking and stuff because he just stares at her the entire time yeah i know unbelievable you kind of get it but i think that he's (laughs) yeah yeah i hope i'm still as creepy as i think he's yeah that age but he just takes creepiness to a level of inappropriate He's very concerned about her spending time with Dan. He's like trying to get them to not leave and all that stuff. I think if it's just thoughts, I mean, you're okay, right? It's the <laughs> leering that really makes They can't arrest you for thoughts. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny too because he says to Dean Halsey, he's like, oh, I, I hear she, your daughter's spending time with Mr. Kane. Do you oh, really yeah. think that's wise, Alan, or whatever? It's like, I don't know. Is it? Is it? I don't know. He seems yeah. like a regular, normal guy. <laughs> no. But this plays into 
some of the stuff that's cut out of that longer version. Okay. And we'll get into that more important later. Important details left on the cutting no, room floor. I don't think they're important. That's <laughs> the whole thing. It's just better to just keep it as light as possible. So Herbert West moves in with Dan. Some time passes. West is settled in. He's unnerving Megan. He's also turned Dan's basement into his own private laboratory. Well, I was wondering about this. Was the basement part of the deal? I guess. It just seems maybe like it was being unused. So Dan didn't really care, you know? Yeah. One night, Meg and Dan can't find Dan's cat, Rufus. Yeah. Meg eventually finds the cat in a small refrigerator in West's bedroom. The cat is dead. (laughs) West comes in. He's like, what the fuck's going on? They confront him about the cat. He claims the cat was dead when he found it. Yeah, but I love before that even, (laughs) when they come in, Meg sees the cat at first, and (laughs) Wes flips out. I'm paying for a private room here, and Dan immediately sides with Wes, and is like, yeah, Meg, what the hell are you doing in here? (laughs) He says it more like, Meg? (laughs) Like, kind of questioning, like, what the hell are you doing in here? (laughs) But yeah, it does show that he's a little bit of a pushover. That whoever's the loudest is getting his attention. Oh, yeah. I get that. Oh, Dan! What are you doing in my room? How dare you come... Dan! Dan! What's the matter? I thought I was renting a private room, Dan. Meg, what the hell are you doing in here? I... Would you please leave? Now, easy. In the fridge! I was going to show you. Shut up. What happened? It was dead when I found it. You killed him. He hated you. It suffocated. It knocked the garbage over and it got its head stuck in a jar. You weren't home, so I put it in there. I certainly didn't think you'd want to find it like that. I did not want to stink the place up. I was going to show you. You couldn't call or write a note. I was busy pushing bodies around, as you well know. And what would a note say, Dan? Cat dead, details later. I knew you were fond of it. You killed him. I know you did. He killed him. Besides, I do not like people in my room. All right, that's enough. I think you both better leave now. What the hell is this? That is none of your business. Yeah, I think it is. Just this is none of my business that you're sleeping with Dean Halsey's daughter. Oh. You know, I would not want to see a fellow student, especially one as promising as yourself, be thrown out of school, out of the profession, on moral grounds. Well, I think Dr. Halsey just might understand. Huh. Do you? Well, you may well be right. Are you sure you want to find out? Meg doesn't believe West, and she thinks that he killed the cat. There's this uneasy standoff, but West has this leverage because he knows Dan and Meg are fucking, like I said. Which, for some reason, is leverage. Yeah, it's sort of a weird element of this story that they have to like pretend that they're not like sexually active, even though they're pushing 30 years old here. Yeah. <laughs> right. What is Dean Halsey going to think when he finds out his little girl is having premarital sex? And she's like, I'm almost 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was not that uncommon of a thing in lots of different 
movies and TV shows. Granted, they're not always as old as the character of Megan and Reanimator, but the idea is still the same. I think it's weird on almost any level at any age, but you know, I think there's like a cutoff. Obviously, if the guy's daughter is like 14 and she's like hanging out with like a 20 year old, okay, that's, then there's I, like that's a problem. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, you could start getting interested in what's going on there, but <laughs> I think once interested <laughs> once people reach a certain age it's sort of and just what their of business and they're an adult interest is it that you have in my daughter 20 year old male <laughs> but whatever it's enough to just sort of squash the situation so do oh, yeah, you he's think like he's got me by the balls that west actually killed the cat i do yeah, I kind of get that impression too, but it's never really answered. Right. It's, in this version, at least. And it is, again, one of these things where I feel like they never really paint him in a position where he's doing something downright with negative intentions, right? West is never really painted in that light. Like his intentions are always kind of conveyed as positive. Yeah. To some degree. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of the instances, though, where it feels like. He had to have killed the cat. <laughs> you know how desperate he is to use this reagent. Despite how much I actually love Barbara Crampton and Megan, I do kind of side with West when she starts getting like kind of bitchy towards him a few times. Where I'm just like, okay, yeah, because she's sort of rude a little bit to him when there's not really any reason to be like at the beginning That's when he true. first shows up. She at, is just downright dismissive to him, but I mean, she's like, well, you never said why you left Switzerland. It's like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Like, why are you <laughs> yeah. saying that? Meg, mind your own business. <laughs> you know what? Maybe your dad's right. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a little bit more control. <laughs> that night, Dan is awakened by the sound of a screeching cat. He goes to the basement and discovers West has reanimated Rufus. Imagine this guy lives in your house. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm thinking. He's down this fucking around the scientist. basement. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing cats back to life in the middle of the night. I just like, I, I was trying to go to sleep. West is working under the theory that the human body, or any body, is simply a complex organic machine which can be restarted. Yeah. He, he has concocted a reagent serum. It's this bright glowing green goo i like how dan is like what you think you're the first person to come up with this <laughs> he's basically acting like yeah this is something that everyone has tried or believes <laughs> well maybe in like the history of time other okay. people have All tried right. it but yeah. yeah i don't think everyone's spending a ton of time thinking about it now i think yeah. people have pretty much realized you know what's the point <laughs> yeah i think it's more likely that people are trying to like bury bodies on like an aztec it's the Micmac yeah. burial ground. West would then inject the goo into the brain of the deceased organism, restarting life. So the two of them end up re-killing the cat because it's gone crazy. <laughs> and then West demonstrates what the serum can do by reanimating a now mutilated and broken cat corpse. And this would be the second time for Rufus. Yeah, do you think it gets worse every time? Probably. Yeah. It's really quite simple. All life is a physical and chemical process, correct? It stands to reason, then, that if one could find extremely fresh specimens and recharge that chemical process, bang, we have reanimation. The theory is not new, West. But my reagent is. Read. (sighs) 
With various animating solutions, I have killed and brought to animated life a number of rabbits, guinea pigs, cats, and dogs. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. With the higher animals and the consequent increased strength of the solution, reaction has become more violent. My research has become more difficult. Which is why I need you to help me. Help you? You are the perfect person to assist me. You're hardworking, bright, people respect you, and you have access to certain authorities. We can defeat death. We can achieve every doctor's dream. You'll be famous and live lifetimes. You haven't done this on people. I've done all I can here. I'll need new lab space. Meg walks in on the experiment in progress and is horrified. (laughs) So this led me to another series of questions. Why is she there? And is it now morning? Have they been talking about this until morning? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Because it was the middle of the night two minutes ago. And she was gone. She wasn't with him. But she's like carrying books and stuff. It seems like they must have woken up and then this has gone on for hours, like killing the cat. It took forever trying to pry that cat off of Wes back and kill it. It's like, get off my dick, Meg, for two seconds. Really? (laughs) Why are you showing up at our house in the middle of the night? (laughs) Our house? Yeah, me and me and Wes now, we're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Almost immediately, Dan runs and tells Dean Halsey Which about Wes's like, discovery. Uh, I don't know. It does seem like a rather rash decision that he's just like... I don't know. I think you're I underselling mean, how what an well, achievement okay. bringing people back from the dead would yeah, be. Yeah, it, it would be shocking, but I also would feel like I think people would react... This Not is an abomination. Yeah, I, I, I like Judd were... from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Christ on a cross, no. Well, yeah, they almost do that exact yeah. sequence. I think we should point out, like, the novel Pet Cemetery predates Reanimator, the movie, but Reanimator, the movie, predates Pet Cemetery, the movie, by four years. Oh, wow. But it almost doesn't seem that way. Herbert West, Reanimator, the H.P. Lovecraft thing, predates Pet Cemetery by, like, 60 years. It doesn't seem that way to me just because we did Pet Cemetery on the show first. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think either stole from the other. No, it, no. Because like I said, I think they're about two totally different things. They just kind of use the same methods to get there, including starting with a cat. Right. And sort of the gradual build up. And then even Dan being like, hey, did you ever do this on a human? Yeah. And we know that West has because of the first scene. He did it on Dr. Gruber. Not something he's willing to admit. But yeah, he doesn't really say it. But I think like he thinks that this is the scientific discovery of a lifetime. Well, Maybe yes. the biggest scientific discovery ever. So he runs and tells the dean who he thinks he can who trust. Reacts, I guess not the way that Dan is expecting him to. Does not go well. No. <laughs> the dean basically doesn't believe him at first, but then... When Dan insists... When he does believe him, it gets worse. The Dean accuses Dan and Wes of going mad. It's it's not that he believes him. He's just like, I can't believe you're doing this. West, he was all in on of really being excited that right, this guy... We'll, we'll get there in okay, a second. Okay. So he rescinds Dan's loan and then expels West altogether. So the explanation for this is the missing sequences because... They were just taken out of the original cut, okay. and they exist in the longer version, which is 
There's a whole subplot of Dr. Hill hypnotizing people on campus to get mm, them to do yeah. what he wants. And they eliminate that entirely. Just further vilifying Dr. Hill. And so before this scene, there's a part where he is hypnotizing the dean to be against Herbert West because he knows that yeah. West knows he's a fraud. It's okay. not that he's a fraud because he actually is like a doctor and he can do this stuff. But like as far as like being a brilliant genius researcher and coming mm. up with all this new Although information I, I guess if you're able to hypnotize people to this degree of success. Well, yeah, and as we'll like, discover over the rest of the film, he does have some oh, abilities yeah. to do things. That's true. That some would consider But unnatural. yeah, for those of us <laughs> that saw the 82-minute uh, cut, not aware of this, it seems like... Yeah, the like, Dean goes a little nuts right yeah, off the bat. <laughs> Dean Alsey, I, I don't know. It feels like this is out of nowhere to react this harshly. It is, but yet I never really questioned it. Well, me neither. The first I, couple times I watched this movie, <laughs> I just kind of was like, oh, this guy's kind of crazy. Again, only seeing this cut of the film, are you just like... Is Dean Halsey just on to like what's going on with his daughter and just looking for an excuse? Yeah, well, Dan? that is possible. It's like, <laughs> no one's allowed in my daughter's pussy besides me. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Jonah Hill in The Wolf of Wall Street. That's you know, like <laughs> rationalizing oh boy, yeah. it. <laughs> that character in Wolf of Wall Street. Nuts. So relatable for you. <laughs> with no other options, Dan and West then sneak into the morgue in the campus yeah. hospital to find a human test subject Doesn't to it feel prove like the reagent works. Movie starts kind of slipping wildly out of control. Like it escalates quickly. very quickly. Yeah. Theoretically, this could justify everything and thus save their medical careers because if they could just prove that this thing works, oh, yeah. there's no denying Nobel Peace Prize, the importance and the significance yeah. of it. They find a corpse to use. The reagent does work. And the dead body comes back Re-animates. to life. Kind of seems like something straight out of X-Files. Just this like big jacked dude, basically. Completely nude. Doesn't feel like the best choice. It does seem like West is woefully unprepared That's for right. what's going to happen. Especially after what happened with that cat. He brought that cat back and it almost brought him to his death. It was... Again, though, there's similarities to Pet Cemetery because oh, yeah. it seems like there's always this drive of like, well, we have to find fresher subjects. Like the longer you wait, the more corrupted that they are That's and the right. more zombie-like they are, which is kind of the same idea that they sort of push in Pet Cemetery a yep. little bit. So this guy wakes up and he's like a zombie. He's violent and frenetic. He's throwing them into walls. He's like going crazy. <laughs> yeah, at one point, Wes just tries to like, yell to him to make him stop or whatever he's like yeah he listened to me and then he's immediately like thrown into a wall <laughs> it's like i don't i don't know if he did halsey suspects they are in the hospital and tracks them to the morgue he then yeah. stumbles onto the scene as the reanimated man is attacking and going crazy and it's a wild scene in there a giant naked zombie going right. nuts well he doesn't quite make it in the scene right i mean he's outside the door well there's like the there's like two parts to the okay. morgue. There's That's like right. the freezer yeah. room or yeah. whatever. The zombie man knocks the door down <laughs> on top of Halsey. Right. Who, you hear crushing noises. Yeah, he then picks him up and he like bites his fingers off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he Pretty tosses rough. him into Go a like. wall like he's a professional wrestler, like an overhead slam. Yeah, and you do wonder at what point is Dean Halsey actually dead here. 
because well then he picks him up and i think he's still alive because then he's like choking him out yeah, and that's yeah. when west grabs the bone saw and kills the zombie man by like plunging it through his back that's right and it comes out his front <laughs> there's blood everywhere Yeah, did we mention this movie is gross completely disgusting yeah. <laughs> it looks crazy and this is the kind of shit that is cut out of the shorter version oh, yeah. because it's just it's so gross <laughs> This is like the type of thing that gets you on the video nasties list in the UK and you're like okay. banned. It's like too right. gory and disgusting. But this is the stuff that we think is good. We live for. Yeah. <laughs> West immediately is like, okay, well now we have a fresher corpse. Like Dean Halsey <laughs> is choked out. Yeah. I'm going to reanimate him. With Dan, the of course, is just inconsolable. But West is just like, Dan, we can bring him back. Halsey returns to life, but he's also very zombie like megan arrives bad timing meg and then immediately descends into hysterics when she sees the state of her father who now is like huddled in the corner yeah like unable to really make words but does howling and barking and like being bizarre and of course then we have our uh, full-time 24 by 7 morgue security guard show up yeah gun drawn for some That's reason right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad they have armed security guards for morgues. Dan collapses into shock. West <laughs> seems perfectly all right with everything that's oh, just yeah. gone down. West, with his calming presence, wraps a blanket around Dan, calmingly telling him, you're in shock. Don't worry. <laughs> it's hard to explain even what their cover story might be, but somehow they get out of this jam. I don't get this at all. But West says that he was visiting... Dan, who was working in the morgue when <laughs> Dean Halsey showed up and went crazy <laughs> and attacked them, somehow plunged the bone saw into the already dead man, the corpse that was just in the morgue, and now has lost his mind to the yep. point where he can't even speak detectives. normally or be normal at all. Homicide detectives just like, well, good enough for me. Why would there be homicide detectives? The guy was already dead. That's true. They don't know that Dean Halsey is dead. <laughs> if anything, West's explanation, you just would have to accept it. Because what is the other one? They brought somebody back to life from the dead. <laughs> I and guess that's true. You're right. Absolutely. I don't know what I was thinking. Daddy. He can't hear you or see you. That's a one-way mirror. What is wrong with him, doctor? Will he ever be? Until we know exactly what happened to him, there's no way to determine his course of recovery. That's why I need you to sign a release so that I can perform exploratory surgery on him. Is that absolutely necessary, Dr. Hill? I know how difficult this must be for you. But I'm convinced that your father's problem is neurological. Of course, we'll take every precaution. You must trust me. I want to take a look at the right frontal lobe. I'll open the skull here. I don't want to know. Just help him.
Please, doctor. Please, let me talk to him. No. I must insist you leave his treatment up to me. I want you to think of me as someone you can come to with your problems. Or if you're ever lonely. I know you're all by yourself now. I'm going to take care of him, Doctor. And I'm going to find out what happened to him. In almost no time at all, Dr. Hill and his old man boner see this as an opportunity to pounce. He saw how much power and control Halsey had in Megan's life, and he's thinking, why can't that be me now? I'll be your daddy now, Meg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what he was thinking. This is his moment. That one roadblock is out of the way now, although it does kind of... You know, his whole plan coming to fruition, you would think would have something to do with Megan being into it, but no, not necessarily. Not really. Hill takes charge of Halsey, keeping him in a straight jacket in a padded observation room adjacent to his own office. Into his office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he influences Meg into accidentally authorizing a lobotomy. She just yeah. signs something without really knowing what it is. I relate to this with Meg, though, because I'm just... Uh, anything, put any papers in front of me and I'll sign it just to be done with whatever it is I'm doing. At first, I thought that he wants to do this lobotomy on Halsey to get him out of the way permanently yeah. and just not be an obstacle in the Megan pursuit. Which makes sense to me. But it's sort of explained after the fact that by this point, Hill has realized that Halsey is actually dead. Oh, yeah. We just don't really see him performing the tests or anything to gain that knowledge yet. But he does confront uh, West about it. Yeah, but that comes later. Right. So that's when the pieces sort of come together that he wants Halsey to not be able to tell the story and be able to take credit for this achievement. But either way... Halsey is dead. Hill finds out, figures out that he's been reanimated. By the way, though, Hill can't even play it cool with Megan for like five minutes. No, I know. He's immediately like, I'll be there for you. I know you're alone now. You're lonely. Yeah. Because I guess the assumption is Megan is so distraught over the scene that she walked into that she's no longer with Dan anymore because she thinks that Dan and Wes did something to her dad. Well, yeah. She's not buying the story that he just went (laughs) insane. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is a good call by Meg because it seems like everyone else is buying it. But then she goes and speaks to Dan and Dan breaks down and tells her the truth and he's like, he's not insane, he's dead. (laughs) And she just just believes him. Yeah. I would be like, well, I just saw him. Yeah, I know. He's not dead. I don't know what you're talking but about. But Dan's like, well, you you know he's dead. And then and she's, she's like, like yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Imagine you're dating like a super hot chick and you are like inadvertently involved in her father's death. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> For legal Plead reasons, the I can't bring up certain situations. <laughs> Dr. Hill pays West a surprise visit down in the basement lab, attempting to blackmail him over what happened with Halsey in order to take the reagent and his notes 
with the idea that he can then take credit for the discovery. Yeah, this fraud just always trying to piggyback off the su- successes of others. Yeah, that's why they laid the groundwork of him stealing Gruber's work right. in the first place. He's taking shortcuts. He's sort of a pompous ass, but it's yeah. unearned. Oh, I'd say. As it usually is. Yep. <laughs> West distracts Hill by showing him the reagent work on dead cat tissue as Hill examines it under a microscope. <laughs> It's all very scientific. West bashes him on the head with a shovel, knocking him to the ground, and then, and then decapitating him with it. Cuts his head off with the shovel. Well, let's get a legit shovel, and you lay on the ground. And I'll put the <laughs> the blade of it on your neck, and then stomp on well, it. And I see know, what happens. But okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wouldn't take that long. To I don't pop know. Off. I think it might take a, a few goes. It does. It. He does. Okay, you're right. All right. It's not one. There is move. like blood yeah. spraying up on him. I mean, what do you want him okay. to do? No, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, I completely buy it. This movie's 82 minutes. Yeah. They weren't going to drag this out. Right. For some reason, he then immediately reanimates Dr. Hill's head and body separately, which <laughs> breaks the movie's own rules where they're like, well, you have to inject it into the brain. So he injects it into his brain to reanimate the head, but then he just injects it into the body and the body's alive like separately. It doesn't make sense, but it is fun. Oh, yeah. Throw the science right out the window. This is just like, how crazy can this get by the end? Wes tries to interview Hill's head, but is attacked from behind by the headless body knocking Wes unconscious. This doesn't feel like it was very well thought out. Why would he reanimate the body? And then also not pay attention to it. (laughs) The rest of this movie becomes sort of like this insane farcical thing where they come up with like all these different creative ways action sequence to have the severed head you know like obviously how they would achieve that in the filming like they have him like putting his head through all these different things and then sometimes it's a fake head and then you know yeah yeah it gets very creative by the end (laughs) lots of different ways the body carries the head west's notes and the serum back to dr hill's office did think it was kind of a plot hole here that hill doesn't just yeah. kill West. Also kind of a plot hole. How did he get to the office? I mean, is he driving with this <laughs> headless body? He puts the head on the dashboard yeah. so you can see. <laughs> there and you go. All right. He seems to be able to control his body. It's yeah, just he that does, um, it's not all together. He does uh, adapt to his new situation pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but West just killed him. West is his main enemy. West is a huge obstacle in being able to take credit for this stuff. Agreed. I mean, at this point, he's yeah. decapitated anyway. But <laughs> it just is. Why wouldn't he kill him? He just leaves him there to be able to come back and haunt him later. No, oh, yeah, it's a good point. Okay, with a movie like this, <laughs> is it better to explain every single detail of the story, or is it better to make it eighty-two minutes? I think eighty-two minutes is yeah. the answer, right? It's just more fun and hilarious to have creative scenes of a headless dr hill navigating the world than to explain how the next part of the film is set up but okay here it goes (laughs) in his reanimated state dr hill somehow acquires the ability to control other reanimated corpses telepathically after conducting brain surgery on them (laughs) you just kind of have to accept that what was his like foresight here they referenced this laser drill They show him like using it very early in the movie. What on was a the plan? Dead body. <laughs> like, where was this all heading? I don't know. World domination. Yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> forming an army of the dead. You could look at it as 
the same thing is like what's happened to the other people too like you sort of turn into this monstrous character he just seems a little bit more intelligent than that's true yeah. some of the other yeah, ones that's a good point but he might be like this complete like evil psychopath now just doing evil for evil's sake that's right Who knows? and he seems mostly lucid because he was brought back like so quickly after his death also he's just like thinking of meg yeah like how can i get my hands on that yeah well i get it <laughs> he sends dean halsey to capture megan away from dan so Dan has come back over once again because he's worried about Megan. And then Dean Halsey just like busts through the door. He's got blood oozing from his mouth. He's just this total monster now. Oh, yeah. And Halsey brings Megan to Hill at the hospital morgue where Hill is now creating his army of the undead. Yeah. Although, I mean, the army has to have limits to it. There's not that many bodies at this one morgue. No, but you make more as you go. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Halsey then ties his own daughter to a exam table in the morgue yeah, and then strips is... her clothes off so that she's naked, including like just ripping her panties off like all in one move. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty wild. Oh, it gets wilder, folks. Oh, if you haven't does, seen this yeah. before, I recommend. That's right. I recommend. Megan's unconscious at first, but wakes up. <laughs> this movie wakes up to find Hill's severed head next to her while his body is like reaching down and groping her chest yeah (laughs) she starts screaming hill is loving it as a severed head he's just giddy laughing cackling smiling yeah it's not great it's not a great scene for meg it seems like you wouldn't even be able to enjoy the pleasures of lovemaking or anything physical if your head was separate from your body, though. Well, you haven't tried that, though. That's true. So, to be fair. I, I'm not an expert. Yeah. It's so unbelievable how great this is. It's just an unbelievable sequence here. <laughs> the body then holds Hill's head while he licks her nipples, and then he's going for that puss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he puts the head between her legs. The tension is building. The music is all building. <laughs> This is the part that's referenced in American Beauty, which is the first place that I ever heard about this movie. Yeah. Where Lester is asking the next door neighbor, what's his name, Ricky? If he knows the movie where the headless guy is holding his head between the babe's legs or going down on the bay or whatever. He's like, yeah, reanimator. Did you ever see that movie where the body is walking around carrying its own head and then the head goes down on that bay? (laughs) (laughs) Reanimator. And when they are discussing that movie, and I saw this like in high school or whatever, I just assumed they were making this movie up. It never even like stuck with me. Oh, I always thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> that name always stuck out to me. I thought it was like a cool name. But no, I know. Believe it or not, though, I was always kind of an arrogant, pompous ass about movies, even though I had just learned about cool movies two weeks before. <laughs> right. And I just was like, well, I never heard of Reanimator, so it must not be real. As if I had heard of every movie when I was 17 or something. And then years later, I eventually see Reanimator, and it lives up. Yeah, it's an lives all-time up to classic. That's right. Dr. Hill's little cunnilingus sesh well, <laughs> is attempted, interrupted. Attempted cunnilingus. By West and Dan, who show up. I'm very disappointed in you. You steal the secret of life and death, and here you are, trysting with the bubble-headed co-ed. You're not even a second-rate scientist. Oh. 
Mr. West, I'm actually glad to see you. It saves me the trouble of having to send for you. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. West distracts Hill while Dan frees Megan. The reanimated corpses then all spring to life at, at once and attack, turning the morgue into a Dawn of the Dead-style war zone. Yeah, although it feels much more comedic than Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, but in a way, they seem more threatening. Yeah, that's true. The, the zombies seem- in Dawn of the Dead are very slow. Yeah, that's true. These all—it almost seems like American gladiators. Yeah, they're all, all died. Very in this town. strong. Yeah. Even the women are very <laughs> right. muscular. Yeah. A bunch of like nude bodies where you can tell like they had a lot of fun coming up with like different ways that these people died right. and have like fucked up shit on them and mm-hmm. stuff. It's pretty gross, but it's the sound of his daughter's distressed pleas which somehow now snap Halsey out of it. How do you explain that? I don't know, because she was screaming the whole time he was taking her there. Yeah. Until she passed out or whatever. But I don't know. She finally uh, got to him. It seems like she's really in danger, though, so he sort of comes to a little bit. Not fully. I mean, he's still oh, yeah. undead Halsey, but he's, he's not... not the, he's certainly not the well-respected dean of a medical no, university. No, no, no. He's, he's still how he was after they reanimated him, but he's not under Hill's control. And he fights off the other zombies, allowing Megan and Dan to escape. Halsey then turns on Hill, grabbing the severed head and squeezing it until it's crushed. And there's blood oozing out of it. And then he throws it at a wall. Right. (laughs) It's so disgusting. (laughs) West injects Hill's headless body with an extreme overdose of the reagent. The other zombies go crazy, knocking over hazardous chemicals and starting an electrical fire. Dr. Hill's body mutates rapidly, and his entrails escape from his body, attacking West and wrapping him up like an anaconda. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he throws his notes to Dan as he's dragged off. Dan grabs the notes, and he and Megan run to an elevator. However, they're attacked by one of the reanimated corpses just as the elevator door closes. I know, it closes. is weird because you are like reaching this moment where you feel like they're out of the woods here. The way they do it, too, is cool because they have that fight with one of them in the hall. Yeah. And then they get to the elevator and you feel like they've made it and the door is like almost all the way closed. And then another one runs up and puts his hand right in there and starts strangling her. Yeah, although I, I wasn't feeling like it was enough to kill her. Yeah, I don't know. And Dan really doesn't have a good showing here. No. Can't get the thing off of her. Well, this is, I mean, it was like the same thing when he was trying to save her dad. He was trying to, I don't know what he was doing, like not punching, throwing his forearms into the back of that corpse. <laughs> he runs down the hall to get a fire axe and he's he manages to get it off of her, but it's sort of too late. Dan carries her all the way to the ER and tries to revive her, but she's That's, dead. Yeah, we're all thinking it. Pet cemetery. The film ends as Dan is injecting her with West's reagent. And I love the way that the screen fades to black, except for the glowing green of the reagent. Yeah, and then yeah. you see like the plunger go down. Right. And then once it's completely black, she's screaming. But which that seems kind of weird that she would be screaming. I get it for the Birth is always painful, as well. Wes that's said true. Earlier. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, sometimes dead is better. 
<laughs> it's true. The ground. It starts is with a cat and it ends yeah. with a babe. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same deal. That's right. Very similar. But like I said, I think Pet Cemetery has like a much different feel to it, and it's about much different stuff. This is more about how fucked up and crazy and bloody and gory and nudity friendly. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, as crazy as it can be, and it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And Herbert West would not die somehow in Reanimator and would appear in both sequels, Bride of Reanimator, which would come out five years later, and yeah. then Don't you think Beyond they... Reanimator, which didn't come out until like 2000 Really or start investigating this Herbert West character, though? I mean, it just seems like a lot of bad things are happening Well, the third him. one, he is in prison. Okay. And that's how it starts, I gotcha. think. Or he ends up in prison in that movie. I don't know. It's A lot of it's in prison. And it sucks. The third one's terrible. Okay. The second one, Bride of Reanimator, is a lot of fun, although Barbara Crampton is not in it. Bummer. But basically, most of the rest of the cast is, including Dr. Hill somehow. I'm not really <laughs> sure how. Okay. Because <laughs> we've seen him die now twice. Multiple times. I'd have to rewatch it to really remember how they even explain any of this stuff. Not that it matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I obviously, like I said at the the top of the show, I, I had never seen this. Was certainly familiar with it, just you know, in name alone. It's just one of those ones that you you hear about, like Phantasm, you know, one yeah. of those classic horror. Yeah, I think as far as its stature, it's probably like a little below like a Phantasm, but not that much below. It's certainly yeah. a lot below the big time class. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Like Hellraiser or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or Friday the 13th or something like that. But it's like that second tier. It's right. very indie, do-it-yourself, low budget. And Stuart Gordon, like I said, he would go on to make like a lot of other things. But he did a lot of Lovecraft adaptations. Yeah. He died, actually, I think earlier this year. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> kind of sad. But wasn't that old. Yeah, just to tie a bow on it. And you hit on it at the beginning of the show. It is. It's... The almost shockingly well made for the the type of movie that it is. Yeah, it's like a straight up exploitation type movie, but it feels very professional and fun. Right. So it doesn't have that same sort of so bad it's good feel. Not that I'm like a big into that kind of a thing, but it doesn't have any of that. I mean, no, it's, no, it's I... just it's fun on its own. And like, yeah, there's some weird plot holes or, or weird jumps in the plot but if you're watching this movie it for, actually for, makes more sense to me than most movies we talk <laughs> about on this show yeah if you're watching this kind of a movie for like a perfectly explained plot i got news for you there's no such thing as a reagent that brings you back from the dead <laughs> so who cares <laughs> who cares if the dean overreacts yeah, or whatever it doesn't they really don't matter. spend a ton of time on the uh logistics of this reagent and like what even it's made of and how he has like an endless supply of it. Yeah. They never say what it's made from, how he made it, when he made it, why, why he's able to keep making it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No. Who cares? I, we're just in. <laughs> it's like Looper and the time machine. That's right. Just, this is a time machine. There you go. Who cares how it works? Right. <laughs> that's not the point. Anyway, so that's Reanimator. I thought it would be fun to, to try it now that we did Pet Cemetery a few years ago and it felt like a little fresh. You don't yeah. want to do too many undead. We only mentioned Pet Cemetery, uh, I don't know, 15 times on the up. Not bad. <laughs> well, I think it would be ridiculous for us not to mention I it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very similar. But anyway, so we're going to keep rolling with The Greatest October now that we've actually reached October. Oh, wow. Yeah. It that's, took a that's... while to get here. Yeah, it certainly was a crawl to get there, but 
Here we are. Yeah, maybe it was a mistake to commit to nine episodes of this. No, I don't know. On. I don't really We're know how it would fun. be any different from the regular show. Yeah, I mean, well, we could, we could do Reanimator like any time of the year, and it would feel normal. It would feel in our wheelhouse. Yeah, I love how we pretend that we only do horror movies during a certain time of the year, but then, of course, we just do whatever we want whenever anyway. So yeah, well, I think that's the way cares? you got to live your life. What are you doing? What? What? Vincent stopped making picks. Well, how am I going to know what movies to see? We have a wide variety of Gene picks. Gene's trash. I'm Gene. All right, so let's do recommendations real quick. Do you have one? No, none for me this week. <laughs> yeah, well, it just so happens Short that... Short turnaround. Yeah, we had to record Reanimator not too long after we did The Exorcist, so not a whole lot of time. I could recommend Tenet. I'm just going to leave that, that silence. Yeah. No, I'm leaving that silence there. <laughs> yeah, we did see Tenet at the drive-in. Couldn't tell you what it's about, but missed did enjoy like it. the first 10 minutes of audio. Yeah, well, because I was we were at the waiting in line for the stand. concession stand. <laughs> it's not an ideal situation to watch a movie that seems as complicated as that. We we missed a lot, I think. Yeah. I'm going to have to see that again. It's kind of like bug juice when if you show up like 10 minutes late and basically the rest of your summer is ruined. I do have a recommendation and it ties in with Reanimator. It's the HBO program that is currently in the midst of season one called Lovecraft Country. Oh, wow. Starring. I could have seen this coming. Journey Smollett, who is a total smoke show. She played Black Canary in the new Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. She was also Michelle's friend in Full House a million years ago. Okay. She's yeah. also the sister of Jussie Smollett, <laughs> so yeah. a little bit of notoriety on that front. But she was in True Blood at one point for a while. Okay. She's a total smoke show. She's off the charts hot in this show. Oh, I wow. can't even describe it. All right. It's this insane. Sounding, all, I, I got to tell you, all of a sudden this show sounds pretty good. Omar from The Wire is in it. Okay. A few other people. It takes place during the 50s, and it's predominantly an African-American cast, although, there, I mean, there's some white people, too, like Abby Lee from The Neon Demon is in it. Oh, okay. The show doesn't really make any sense, and I can't really figure out what you're supposed to think is happening most of the time, and a lot of it so seems it very random. Like Tenet, then. Yeah, where you're just sort of like, okay, well, this is happening now. Sometimes it feels like a Goonies-style adventure. Sometimes it's very like racially charged and serious oh wow sometimes there's like giant tentacle cthulhu monsters all kinds of lovecraftian stuff the ironic part of it is hp lovecraft it was a notorious racist ah. wrote tons of racial stuff that is sort of swept under the rug because of all of his like horror sci-fi stuff but okay. using like an all-black cast and and taking place during like the segregated 50s where there's still like a lot of racism and stuff it all like ties in with it. I gotcha. I've watched, I think, five of the seven episodes, and I enjoy it, even though I can't really tell you what it's actually about or what the story is. Well, that's always uh, visually a it's ringing a lot of endorsement fun. when you have no idea what it's about, but you still like it. Yeah, visually it's kind of cool, even if the story is sort of hard to follow from episode to episode. But I would say check that out if you're interested in. Okay. Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft and Reanimator. They actually mentioned Herbert West Reanimator 
in the first episode. Oh, wow. And obviously, okay. they're not talking about the movie because this takes place in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. So they're talking about the original story. And it's like a blend of a world where Lovecraft was a writer, but like a lot of the shit that he wrote about like exists somehow. Okay. But there's like wizards and shit. I don't know. It's sort of hard to explain. It does seem like a pretty wild show. There's like nudity and stuff. So okay. It has a very True Blood f- feel to it, like very oh, pulpy. No. Yeah. Not as like lame, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just people hanging out at Merlots. God, don't even talk about it. You're going to get me interested in yeah. <laughs> another a rewatch. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're doing another episode of True Blood Let's for this show. Let's try it again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know how how much we're ever going to do TV again on this show. Yeah, I don't know. It always bubbles back up. If there's another season of Bug Juice or something, maybe. Could happen. All right, so if you get a chance and you, you can safely attend a theater or something, maybe check out Tenet. And if you don't want to leave the house, then you can check out Lovecraft Country on HBO or HBO Max or Those any are, of the HBO uh, apps. Your two options. Or watch Reanimator on Tubi. Okay, yeah. There you go. Folks, we're out of time. Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Thank you so much for listening. We still have plenty of the greatest October to get to. That's right. So don't fret. Endless content out there for us to do. Yeah. We're going to be doing horror movies till the end of time. Hopefully we'll have at least some of you with us listening. (laughs) Or, you know, just new ones at that point. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Take your baby by the hand And make it do a handstand And take your baby by the hill And do the next thing that you feel We were so in advance And I dance all dance We were cool on Christ. When I, you, and everyone we knew could believe, do, sharing what was true, I said. That's all day's love. Take your baby by the hand. Pull her close and there, there, there. Take your baby by the ears And play upon her darkest fears We were so in place In a dance all days We were cool on Christ When I, you, and everyone we knew Could believe, do Sharing what was true, I said Dance all days, love Dance all days Dance all days, love Take your baby by the wrist And then a mouth an amethyst and in a righteous sapphire's blue And you need her and she needs you And you need her and she needs you
What an episode of Community. Hi, I'm Briggs Hatton, credited author of this week's episode. You might have noticed an emphasis on the topic of incest. Well, that's no accident. For the past two years, when not serving as writer's assistant on Community, I've been researching incest on the internet. What I found surprised me. Did you know that first cousins can have children without great risk of birth defect or genetic disease? That's a quote directly from the New York Times, April 4th, 2002. But despite this scientific fact, state laws on incest remain inconsistent and woefully outdated. I mean, I, I can make love to my cousin in Nebraska, but if I take her on a date in South Dakota, I'm looking at 15 years prison time. I told the community writers, attention must be paid. They said they'd allow me to address it on one condition. At the end of the episode, I must appear and identify myself as writer. Look, I'm not trying to tell you how to feel about incest. I'm just letting you know there's more to it than you've been told. I'm Briggs Hatton. I wrote the Community Season 6 Incest episode. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>